Hello and welcome to the Dodgeball Podcast. Today we have an episode with the East Coast Young Guns. I'm your host, Justin, filling in for Steve Damon. Today with me I have Matt Levine, Chris DeJesus, and Tyrell Hayes. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, so Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Matt Levine. I, uh, as Justin said, I'm from Ohio. Um, I play on, I play an open on a Shred, newly formed team this year. And then uh, for co-ed, I'm with uh, Hello. Chris? I'm Chris DeJesus, uh, Clutch Chris. I play on Clutch Mode, Delaware Clutch Mode, that is. And Tyrell? Uh, I'm Tyrell. I play, well, I'm from Jersey, and I play on Go for Open and Co-Ed. And uh, why don't you guys just go over your numbers and why you guys have your numbers. So, Matt, why don't you talk about your number? I wear, uh, I'm number 27. Um, the main reason I wear it is because because uh, my birthday. So I was born on September 27th. Um, like when I first started sports, I we could only do like a one digit number. So I did nine for uh, September. But mm-hmm. then, you know, kind of as, as years went by, ended up, you know, pick a two digit number. So uh, 27. Chris? 45, man. That was the number I had for football in high school. Uh, all conference with it, and I just kept going with it. I really like the number 45 due to the uh, the angle. It's a good angle for a lot of sports. You're talking about uh, trajectory and arc and stuff like that. So I really like the number 45. Cool. And Tyrell? Um, I chose 10 um, from football. I used to have 10, but then when I started my own dodgeball team, Mount Olympus, uh, 10 Roman numerals was an X, and I thought that was the, the coolest thing that you can have, so I stuck with it. Yeah, there was a, there was one point where John Raheem was on your team and he had a funny, his Roman numeral was a really funny number. I forget what it was. I don't remember, but yeah. <laughs> um, so Chris and Tyrell, you both just said you played football, I guess, in high school and, and other times. Matt, did you play other sports growing up? Uh, I played, I played pretty much everything throughout. Um, I never played football for school. I played like flag football. Uh, mm-hmm. That was basically after, after school, but, uh, but, you know, baseball, basketball, football, ultimate frisbee, all, all uh, sorts of stuff. And how do you think those sports help translate towards dodgeball? Uh, I think, well, baseball directly translates, obviously, because of throwing. Um, I think football has helped. Um, I did play – I played like played wide receiver and safety on defense, um, receiver on offense. I, so, I mean, I was catching the ball, you know, either way, whether it's interception or, you know, making a, making a reception. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball, I think, kind of just – that's just more like athleticism in general and probably say the same thing for Frisbee. But uh, overall, just, just athleticism kind of translates. This hand-eye coordination translates. Yes. Yeah. Chris, what did you? What about you? Uh, so I played uh, football, basketball. I did track and field. Uh, and I also did bowling. Uh, so I feel like those helped me. Uh, basketball, like Matt said, that just general athleticism, running, jumping, uh, things like that. Uh, I think football, being able to take pain. If you're talking about, um, you know, no sting, not really no sting, but a little bit. And then, um, you know, 8.5 uh, in pinch. You got to be able to take some sort of pain with that, especially with some of those uh, big names out there throwing really hard. Uh, I feel like playing football just helped with that because, like, I really don't fear the ball coming at me. I, I take hits to the face all the time. I've had multiple black eyes, and it doesn't phase me. I just get back up and keep playing. So I take football help in that way. What position did you play in football? Awesome. That just helped with staying in shape, really, uh, if you're talking about dodgeball. What position in football did you play? Uh, I was a defensive end and a tight end, but I played a linebacker in all sorts of positions. So, I mean, I feel like I was all over the field for that. Mm-hmm. And Tyrell, what about you? Um, growing up, I played football, 
did track and field, and then I also did mixed martial arts. So I think the mixed martial arts aspect is why I'm able to dodge the way I am. You know, you learn um, basically how to predict where someone's going to throw a punch. I think that's where it is with the uh, with the dodgeballs, I guess you can say. Um, football, I currently play football now still, but I play receiver and corner, and that just keeps me, I guess, like in shape overall. So I know that we're in like sort of a crazy time and everyone's uh, got different things going on with the coronavirus. Um, how are you guys basically handling the coronavirus and are you guys staying safe, staying home? What are you guys doing in general? Chris, do you want to start? Uh, I wish I could be doing more, but I've been working like a lot of hours during this time. Uh, I guess my business is essential. So I've really been going to work a lot and, you know, closing up the store a lot. So uh, I'd be, I'm safe by, you know, washing my hands and, you know, wearing gloves and taking care of myself the best I can. But I, uh, I kind of wish I was at home more. Yeah. Tyrell, what about you? Um, well, I work at SkyZone for anyone that doesn't know. So we are currently closed down due to the whole thing. Um, so I'm actually just home. My mom recently recovered from cancer. So she has like a bad immune system. So I got to make sure I don't give it to her. So I just stayed home. So I don't risk getting her sick. Mm -hmm. That's great about your mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Matt, what about you? Same thing. Um, I'm home a lot. Uh, way more than way more than usual. Um, I know I had I mean, from a dodgeball perspective, that's been pretty brutal because uh, I was supposed to go to west, east, and north uh, three three weeks in a row. So, you know, wasn't able to go to any of those. But, uh, but yeah, just in general, just, you know, basically trying to stay away from people. So taking the isolation thing seriously. Are you guys doing anything, like, with dodgeball players? I know you look on Facebook, it's like, hey, I'm playing video games. Or, hey, let's do a, you know, greet, you know a Zoom meetup for boozy, whatever they're doing. <laughs> All those kind of things. Are you guys, have you guys done anything? Chris? I mean, I've you're, really you're been working playing, uh, all the time. Yeah, I've been working a lot. When I'm not working, most of the time I'm playing like Call of Duty Warzone with uh, some dodgeball players. So I play with like Nar. Uh, sometimes I play like Frankie. Um, Spencer I play sometimes with. But I play with a lot of the dodgeball guys. And then I also play uh, Smite a lot with my family to stay in touch with them. Mm -hmm. What about you, Matt? Uh, this podcast, does that count? Yeah, that counts. <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing too much outside of that. I haven't been on, I'm, I want to set up like, uh, like the Jackbox party pack. Like they have all sorts of games on there. I'd love to set something like that up. Um, you know, whether it's Quiplash or a game like that, but, uh, I mean, I, I've been talking to people on messenger. I've been still like keeping in touch, texting people and stuff, but, uh, yeah. you know, n nothing, nothing too much outside of that. What about you, Tyrell? Um, the only thing I've really been doing is playing Warzone or sleeping, if I'm being honest. I try to run or do a few push-ups here and there, but, um, yeah, that's it. I talked to, I think, uh, actually the other day, Abdul, Dean, and Amir called me on FaceTime, but that's, I contact them here and there. Other yeah. than that, I'm just playing my Xbox, got nothing else to do. Yeah, I haven't really been doing much either. Um, Chris, I, I hope... Frankie sucks at, at all the games you play with him. He, he, <laughs> Frankie's usually a smart player in most of the games we play. So even if, like, he was guess... like, the most skilled in the game, I mean, he actually is pretty skilled at shooting games. But, like, he's usually a pretty tactical guy, so he's never one that you got to carry. He's probably camping, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yo, his name is so funny. His name's, like, Evil Midget or something. It is it the is. funniest thing. 
Um, all right, so let's move into the podcast and the general stuff. Let's go back to dodgeball. So if someone heard your name, what would people say with, that you would be like most known for nationally? Chris, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess for me, people see like some of the highlights that I make, uh, the double catches that I've made or pulled off, um, some of like the cool catches. I mean, sometimes I just go up and like, we'll get like four consecutive kills. I guess I'm known for like making just like big plays. So that's probably what people know from me for is like some of those highlights that I make. And uh, Matt, what would you say? There's, I mean, there's a couple ways to answer this one for me. I think there's a bunch of stuff, but uh, some like some of the things are some of the stuff I say, like I say, hell yeah, brother, or, like shredded. Or, like I, I have like phrases that, that kind of like go around um, on the court, though. I would probably say I'm the dude that's always drinking a smoothie before the tournament and then a like, quick release. <laughs> and Rel, what would you say was your like coming um, out national moment? Um, well. Other than dodgeball, I would say just my memes because, you know, that's all I post on Facebook. But um, if it's not that, probably just people are always like, oh, he's hard to hit. So be careful. Sure. It's funny. I would say, you know, Matt, I would have said for you, your coming out moment was probably Nationals two years ago in Minnesota because mm-hmm. you were basically unknown. I think, you, you know, people knew you sort of from UDC. And then, Rel, I would say your coming out moment was probably UDC two years ago as well, which was like that doom that one doom game where you're like they were throwing at you and you're just bouncing all over the place yeah and then chris i think you probably nailed it like i think people when they hear you they basically are like oh double catch because i think you've had more double catches in elite matches that i've seen of anyone you know, most people have you know people are lucky if they have one and i think you've had at least two or three yeah so i think you you pretty much nailed what i would say people know you nationally wise but matt and rel i think that's what i would say people know you for um so you know people always talk about you know you guys are the young guns or some of the young guns there's other young guns in the east you know i when i posed this to to steve he was like you forgot mikey and i was like well mikey yes is like 12 still but he's, been, <laughs> he's like in his like seventh season of dodgeball mm-hmm. so i don't really feel like he's a young gun anymore um but who would you guys say was like your dodge father who brought you guys into dodgeball who would you say is responsible for getting you into dodgeball uh okay so i guess if i'm i'm usually going first on these uh so actually the bethard brothers uh they used to play in clutch mode now i believe they're going to be playing on tigers and bulls um but uh they told me about you know elite uh we're friends we've been playing in delaware for a while i think they went to some paper factory tournament hosted by kyle roth like probably like four years ago and uh he's who told them and tj and some of the guys that play on my current team now about elite and then they went and then told me about it. So, I mean, the Bethard brothers told me Kyle Roth got them into it. So, I guess it could lead back kind of to Kyle Roth in some way for a lot of people too, probably. So, if the Bethard brothers started you in Dodgeball, how did the team get named after you? Um, so, I kind of, like, took control. Like, when they told me about Lido, I mean, I reached out to Mark. I reached out to, you know, everything and, you know, kind of found players to bring onto the team. So, I mean, obviously those two players, but then, like, everyone else who started pulling in, I kind of met, you know, from college dodgeball or just all the different dodgeball local things that I was doing. So I really brought in a bunch of players for that team. Um, and then I just thought clutch was fun because it was something that, you know, we would say um, back where we used to play. They'd be like, oh, that was clutch. So I was just like, you know, a clutch mode, and I just made it into a team. So Yeah, I would say that uh, of of the East Coast players – I would say you're the person who's most like most responsible for bringing in 
new people into the sport? You know, like maybe, you know, somebody brings in one or two, but you like brought in basically like 10, 12 new people basically from your area, which I think is also really cool. Yeah. And uh, also some players, uh, they didn't stick around, but um, these Towson guys showed up for a round, I think, uh, last year and they had a whole team. I ended up, you know, recruiting them and some of those NCDA players from the East Coast and a lot, like even Shadid, you know, I was probably like the first NCDA East Coast players to uh, start playing elite. And then I started getting like other uh, NCDA East players. Because up north, you know, NCDA is big. A lot of those players have played NCDA. But from the East, the NCDA wasn't so big. So bringing some of those guys over was like my main objective since I had already befriended them. Where did you play NCDA? Uh, Stevenson University. It's uh, just outside of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, in the probably the suburbs of, you know, Baltimore, sort uh -huh. of. And uh, I started a team at that college, and we had a club that had like 50 kids going to it. And uh, so I, from there, I met some guys at Towson University and VCU and, U, and you know, University of Virginia. And uh, that's how I kind of met all those guys. Very cool. Rel, who would you say is your Dodge father? Um, I'd have to give credit to Kyle Roth. I actually played trampolines before all this, probably for maybe like a year, if that. Um, and then I met him at Rebounders. He used to play with Aftershock. Um, and he kept like, he basically kept trying to get me to play floor. Well, dodgeball, actually, I shouldn't even say floor. It's elite. Um, but I'm, that's like my second nature. That's my second nature. But he would tell me, oh, come play, come play. And I wouldn't want to do it. And then I, I, would, I decided to make my own team. And he, I guess, was leaving Aftershock at the time. And he, uh, actually introduced us to floor, to dodgeball that year. I keep saying floor. It's on accident. You can keep calling it floor. It's fine. It is a floor. It's not a trampoline. Yeah, it's going to cause controversy. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Uh, I, this probably isn't the best answer. I, I'm not sure if I really have one because I didn't really – kind of like how I got into this and everything, I, I kind of started playing dodgeball with some friends. And I guess, like, when I look at the team that I started with, none of them play anymore. Um, and I was, you know, I was kind of always the person that was, I guess, in charge in a way. And it was, it was almost like – you know, like, I mean, I guess a few people did kind of get me into elite in a way, but mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I was really motivated or forced necessarily. It was kind of like on my own will. Um, so I don't know if I really have a mentor necessarily, but uh, but for like a Dodge Power thing, like um, I'm up for adoption, I guess, if uh, if I'm looking for one. So. Well, I always sort of think of the Dodge Father <laughs> person as sort of this, like who took you to that first game that got you sort of like hooked into dodgeball? Like not necessarily brought you into elite, not necessarily brought you to UDC. But like took you to that first uh, took you to that first gym and was like, oh, that person mm -hmm. got me hooked. So like for me, I was traveling around the world uh, in like the sun in like 2007, and uh, I got like an email from my uncle who was like, hey, we're playing uh, dodgeball here in New York City in a social league, and we suck. And when are you coming home? Because we need someone good to help us. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I was like dodgeball, like the movie, and. Uh, then I got home and like went to a game and I was like, okay, I'm never not playing this again. <laughs> so I would say like he would be my Dodge father, essentially. That's cool. I like that. Um, so I think you guys all answer that question in a set, you know, your own no different ways. Um, but who do you guys go to for like dodgeball advice now? Or do you still go to the same people? Chris? Um, or Ralph? Uh, 
Yeah, someone else answer first. I'll go. Um, <laughs> I really don't think I go to people for advice. I think the um, let me say, I, I would rather say Dean Testa if I'm being honest, because Dean has like similar play style that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually go to him or Abdul because we kind of we all talk as is. So they um, they tell us our flaws, what we need to work on. We we tell each other, um, and then that's what we practice on. But recently since I've been playing with you guys, you know, we kind of have our conversations here and there, me, you, or me, you, and uh, Edgar. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys as well, I'll put you guys in there. And Chris, what would you say? Um, okay, at this point, I really don't uh, have someone that I specifically go to for advice. I might ask around in general, uh, but, you know, I guess Frankie would sometimes uh, be a person who would reach out to me and just say, like, hey, this is something that you can be working on, blah, blah, blah and stuff like that but like i wouldn't say like there's anyone that i specifically seek out i'm always open to it and people give it to me a lot anyway so um i guess i rip my own biggest critic i watch a lot of hours of film i watch myself i watch the teams i've played on and i watch myself in different positions and try to just like uh find ways where i could be more effective or you know find weaknesses that i have and just work on them at home and stuff like that but I guess uh, the main person I go to is really myself right now. Interesting, Matt. What would you say? Kind of the same thing. I don't really have. I don't some. I don't really have anyone. I guess I look up to necessarily. But I do. I mean, I do talk to a lot of people. Um, I learn on the fly as well. I like. I kind of. If I see someone stand out, or if I see somebody making a ton of big plays, I kind of. I like to watch what they do. If I had to pick one person, I guess that I've had a lot of great conversations with. Um, definitely Sean Wheeler, from Ice on Heat currently. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's been. He just had. All sorts of great years. Um, you know, I, I knew who he was before. You know, before going into UVC, and eventually, you know, eventually, you know, we ended up we ended up getting connected, started talking, and everything. And I think he's just, you know, some of the conversations we've had over time. Uh, he's really opened my eyes to new, new strategies and you know, different ways to play. That's you know, some stuff that I probably never would have even thought of. But uh, he's just a great strategic mind. Yeah, Sean's a great strategic mind. I think he's one of the, like you know, if you made like your all all brain team, it'd be like him, Lucas. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think, but he's definitely one of those players that like definitely understands totally how the game is played and how it should oh, yeah. be played. And you can see when you, if you watch him on footage, when he makes a mistake, he gets more mad at himself than he is at anybody else. Um, so yeah, he's a really interesting person to talk to in dodgeball. Um, and he's always willing to talk to people as well, which is really nice. Um, so I guess going into that, do you guys like model your games after anyone or do you like take parts from people that you see? Have you taken parts that you've seen other people doing that you like, oh, I want to integrate that into my game? Um, and if so, like, who would you say you take stuff from? Why don't you go take that one, Matt? Um, yeah, so kind of when I, when I think of, like, modeling, um, I kind of – I like to think my own style is unique. Um, so I don't really play it with the intention of trying to be like anyone else. I, you know, I don't really – I kind of just want to be myself. But I will say I've picked up things from, like, various people over time. Um, I, probably a good example would be, you know, I, like I said, when I first started in UDC, um, we, we ended up playing Crisis the first two years. Mm-hmm. So I was always matched up with Ryan Morris, who, you know, he's still on crisis and everything. He's in kind of a, a reduced role now. He's still, you know, he's still one of the best players out there, though. Um, just kind of the way he plays corner in particular, I would say the way he pump fakes, the way, you know, just pressure, stuff like that. Um, you know, two of us, we had some good matchups, um, you know, especially my first two years at UDC. Um, I, I kind of look at people like, if you look at like Justin Pine or Billy Schmidt, some of the stuff they do, um, both of them have a very similar move that they do that's uh, – it, it works on just about everybody. I mean, I've seen it work a lot. It's kind of, it's almost like a double clutch throw. Um, and essentially, you know, like the first fake gets, gets a person 
up in the air or, you know, to make their first move. And then they're able to, the fake is believable enough that, you know, by the time they're actually throwing it, you're not back down to the ground yet, or you're still, you know, you're still up in the air, whatever it is. Um, so just, just stuff like that, that I've kind of picked up on over the, over the years. Cool. Chris, what about you? It's kind of hilarious that he said those names because that's actually kind of the same people that uh, I'd say I and that I've pulled some stuff from. I um I actually have so many people that I couldn't name everyone I've pulled things from. I just watch players, really good players, and see things that they do and see stuff that I could bring into myself. But uh, my first time in UDC too, I got matched up against Crisis in the playoffs, and uh, I definitely saw Ryan Morris as like someone who. Uh, for some reason, he just could pressure anyone that he was up against. Like, no matter who he was up against, he was putting pressure on them. And they, a lot of times, didn't know how to respond to it. Uh, so I did pick up some stuff from him. And um, Justin Pyan, uh, I like the way he plays. Uh, if I played more of a middle role uh, back when I used to play more in the middle, I definitely used to watch him uh, and Billy a lot uh, and try to just pick up, like, how they're making their catches, how they're positioning their bodies to get those catches. and then. Um, when they're coming up to throw, how they get people off balance and up in the air and stuff like that so that they can then, you know, come down with the throw and a lot of times hit them in weird places. Cool. Rel, what about you? Um, this is actually a funny one. When I started, when I was on tramps, we always got teamed up against um, KTC. So I wasn't good at the sport at the time. I was kind of decent, but – I think I got what I'm learned what I learned from Dylan, Dylan Cruz. Um, because he's he's small, he's all around, he can catch, he can throw, he, he's good at dodging. But I think I got my movements and everything from him, from watching him throughout the throughout all the time that I was playing against them. Um, but then recently I've been watching Surge from Rise. I've been watching him a lot, trying to change my style. So my style is really different, but I gotta um, tweak it just a little bit more. Cool. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, both, you know, Chris, you and Matt both play in the corner, but both aspire to sort of play like Billy and Pine, who mostly play middle, which is interesting. Uh, you know, probably two of the best middles that I've ever played. Um, it's interesting that neither of you mentioned, like, any corners in terms of who you style your games after, after all you pretty much play on the corner. Um, but I know that, you know, you guys all watch a lot of footage and you're probably ticking up stuff on – a lot of those things and you know a lot of the stuff that corners are doing is pressuring and trying to push the pace and stuff like that and draw fire so there's not much like specifics you can pick from those players but it is interesting you both reached out to billy and pian when i i wouldn't think that you guys are middles essentially i, I mean i have an i have an example i, I think it's, it's a question for later on but uh there, there is one person like one of the corners in particular that i i've kind of been watching a lot recently but we can get to that later probably um so you, uh, I guess the next thing, what was the first tournament you guys remember going to? Like, not necessarily, you know, just like a, you know, social tournament, but like a real tournament where you felt like, oh, this is a sport. People are in jerseys. People are taking this seriously. <laughs> Rel? Um, I would say mine would be, I, I would say December in 2016, we did a, I just got a job at Sky Zone. And, they kept saying, oh, we're doing a tournament. And I was like, oh, like, easy. I'm going to dog kids in this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is going to be real easy. And I made a team. We ended up being called No Mercy. And we got there. Well, I worked there. So I was just hyped. 
and I saw people in jerseys, and I was like, wait, really? And um, I think we were the first ones eliminated. We got put up against KTC, <laughs> and we got obliterated in, like, 10 seconds. But, like, that's when I got hyped. I didn't even know it was, like, a real deal until I got smacked by everybody. And from that tournament, do you remember, like, being like, oh, I need to get better at X, Y, and Z? And do you feel like you well, I'm a competitor. I like to be the best at everything I do. I know it's like hard to be the best. You gotta work for it. So at that moment, I decided, oh, I want to, I want to do this. And then I got recruited like three days later um, by a team called Pink Bandits. Um, people knew them for, as Blue Devils when they went to UDC um, a few years ago. Um, they recruited me, and then the, we traveled to New York to PA for all these rebounders and Sky Zone tournaments all the time. And that's when I would, I uh, decided just give it everything I got. And from that first tournament, do you feel like you've improved on the things you were like, I got to improve on? hundred percent. Yeah. Everything, every aspect. And how much of that stuff do you feel like translates to what you call floor dodgeball or I would call dodgeball? Um, uh, I would say majority of it. The only, the only difference between uh, elite and trampoline dodgeball is you know, you can just bounce super high. The dodging is a lot different. So I think that's where I come in. I, I always, if you guys watch me, I'm always jumping or doing some crazy stuff, but that's because I played a lot of trampoline. And we still play trampoline to this day. Chris, what would you say was the first tournament you remember going to? Uh, my first tournament that I remember going to was um, an NCDA tournament where um, I went to University of Maryland to play. And I just remember uh, all we, my team didn't really have a jersey because I started it and we were like a month in. And then like we saw these teams that looked like they had plays and they had, you know, jerseys and they had everything, you know. And uh, it was just really crazy to see that. And I just remember they were all just smoking everyone on my team. But since I'd uh, been playing in Delaware some, I had some like natural raw talent that I was using. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I'm actually pretty good at this. And, um, as much as we lost, it was still like, I need to start playing more dodgeball and get, you know, more into it. Were you hooked from that first moment? Oh, yeah. From that NCDA tournament, it brought me into, like, this new journey to, like, play as much dodgeball as possible. And then, you know, I told you the Bethers brought me into Elite. And uh, my first Elite tournament, I think we might have, Clutch Mode might have won, you know, one game out of the whole, you know, Open 8.5 because that's how hard it was, you know, just to come in as a brand-new team and, you know, start playing uh, yeah, one win, I believe, in my first tournament for Elite. Yeah, I remember those moments. You're like, you're like the big fish in your pond, in your little pond, and you come into these things, and you're like, we're going to crush, and you're like, oh, we just got destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> and you're also like, huh, we just have, like, no strategy, and just throwing at people with no, with no ball control doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, Matt, what would you say your first tournament was? Uh, so it was my very first tournament. Um, I had been to Sky Zone probably maybe like four or five times, um, but they, it, it was basically, you know, just a local one, a local Ohio tournament, ended up being eight different teams. Um, one of them was made, uh, one of them was all employees, actually two of them were all employees, and then the rest, I don't know who these people were really, but, you know, we went, we went through the bracket, we had no clue what we were doing, we, had, we didn't really, you know, we had played just for fun at Sky Zone a couple times. Um, and that was really about it. We didn't, we had no strategy or anything. Uh, we ended up barely making the playoffs. We were like the last seed, but we ended up just upsetting everybody once, once playoff time hit and uh, we ended up winning the tournament. So that was, I think ever since then, I've just been, it's just the competition. So. Of course, everyone's like, yeah, we got crushed. We got crushed. And here Matt comes in. And he's like, oh yeah, we won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And uh, so, like, you know, Rel and, and Matt, you both started basically on Tramps, right? Matt, you started yeah. on Tramps as well? Yeah. Do you guys miss the Tramps? Like, do you guys miss the Tramps? Do you guys like Floor Dodgeball more? Do you, like, what's the, how do you feel about it now? I used to hate uh, Elite Dodgeball, if I'm being honest. And then the more I play, I low-key, like, I really don't like playing Tramps anymore. Um, we play for practice now. Um, I'll play trampoline whenever somebody wants to play because that's our only form of practice. Um, but I, I would say I like Elite a lot better. And Rel, what about you? I mean, uh, Matt, what about you? <laughs> I, uh, I miss trampoline a lot. I think a lot of it is for sentimental reasons because, mm -hmm. you know, that's where I started. That's where, mo you know, most of my, a lot of my memories come from. At this point, I've probably played it on the floor more than I have on the trampoline. Um, I don't, I don't hate either of them. I, I probably, I guess, you know, my preference is probably floor now just because I'm more familiar with it and it's been a while since I played an actual uh, trampoline tournament, but I, I like strongly enjoy both of them. So there's, they're, they're both like so awesome to me. And when you guys were playing trampoline dodgeball, were you guys playing with no sting balls or were you playing foam dodgeball? No sting. Uh, yeah, no, no sting. sting. No sting. Mm -hmm. And then Chris, how do you feel about, do you miss NCDA? Do you miss pinching? Do you miss like the chaos of like the 60 people on the court and like, you know, 300 foot field fields or, <laughs> Or you I like just, the tighter I miss, courts? Of, I miss the team oh. that, that I miss like the fifteen team teams, you know, because uh, we it kind of felt like a fraternity type of thing when you have all those, you know, college kids uh, were mm -hmm. bonding together. You know, we spent time off the court together, and uh, that's the main thing I miss about like the NCDA. I actually kind of miss uh, trampoline a lot. I really started getting into it. It wasn't my thing. I didn't start on it, but uh, I started getting a lot better at it. And then it was like, boom, it got taken away, kind of. So I personally miss it because I didn't get to play on it so much. And when I finally started feeling really comfortable on it, uh, we stopped trampolines. I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite of the other two in a way. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I've never actually played a tramp tournament. I've, I've gone to the trampoline dodgeball, you know, a couple of sky zones with my son and thrown it at kids, but that's it. You never played in a tournament, sky zone? Oh, wow. No, I've never played in a sky zone tournament. You're missing out. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring it back just for you. Yeah, I, I gotta say I'm probably not the body type that really works on on trampolines. <laughs> um, so the the one other question I wanted to ask you guys, which is like one of Steve's go-to questions, which is like, do you guys have playlists that you play before you tournaments? Do you listen? What's your sort of pre-game warm-up kind of thing? What uh, what kind of music do you listen to? That kind of stuff. So, Dizzle, Rel, why don't you start? Um. I've recently been listening to a lot of Pop Smoke before that, before anything. Um, pre, pre my head. or post-death? Huh? Pre-death pre or post-death? Did you get um, into him because of his death? Or were no, you I was into, into him, him beforehand, but I got into him a lot more after he died. I started listening to him a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, but, or I listened to my, like, EDM music, because I used to go to, like, raves and all that, but that's, it clears my head, so that's what I listened to before like games before tournaments and what's your like pre-game warm-up routine do you stretch do you just want uh, well, to I, I, I do stretch i stretch and then um me and dean it's either me dean or me and abdul throwing the ball back and forth to each other um trying to catch trying to throw just warm up your arm mm -hmm. chris what about you uh for that music uh, a lot of waka flocka um a lot of like hard beats 
the lyricism doesn't matter. Like at that point, like I kind of like aggressive lyrics, uh, you know, people talking about shooting people and stuff like that. It just gets me in like some sort of <laughs> adrenaline. Rush. Hey, I'm just saying, it gets me in that adrenaline zone where I'm like, I can literally start to feel like a flow inside of me. And, um, you know, I feel like it starts to warm me up. I, and I'm warming up while I'm listening to it. And uh, I can really start to feel the music. So by the time, you know, it's time to play, like I, I you know, I'm already like, angry kind of in like some sort of zone where I'm ready to just uh, battle it out on the, on the court. Uh, and when it comes to warmups, uh, I really just go out and I start throwing uh, not too hard, but then eventually I like I increase that. Um, and I start having my teammates throw at me from really close. Uh, so not that 20 foot line that was elite, but like if the line is 20 feet, I'm gonna have them throw at me from like 15 feet. Uh, and then like, if it's another thing, I'm gonna have them throw at me from like 20 feet even though that line's like 25 feet or I'll just have them bring it in some just so like I'm seeing those throws really hard and really close and uh, I won't catch a lot of them but it gets my reflexes going so when uh, the game starts and the lines are pushed back to where they normally are um, I'm slow throws that were really close to me and so everything else seems slower out there I think that's really smart that's a really smart warm-up thing that a lot of people don't do and I think that people might take that away take that from you Uh, Matt what about you uh, I listen to Kids Bop and Nickelback before games. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, usually, usually like pop punk stuff. Um, like like story so far, I listen to a lot of them. Uh, Day to Remember, State Champs, stuff like that. Uh, but kind of piggyback off of what Ralph said, a lot of a uh, lot of EDM stuff. Pretty much something with a with a nice drop. I like I like hearing that stuff before games. You guys um, listen to DJ Phase? Nope. That? <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, is that, uh, that's is Derek. That Derek. That's Derek. Okay. Yeah. When you said it, I was kind of like, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) Took me a second. (laughs) Um, And what what about warm-up style? Yeah, I've I've gotten a lot better at that. I used to, I used to not really have a routine necessarily. I, there were too many tournaments in the past where I just kind of, like I would stretch my arm, but I wouldn't really, I wouldn't even really throw before. I mean, actually, even as recent as last year, there were, there were some tournaments where I wouldn't even, I just, whether we got there too late or, you know, whatever the reason was. I wasn't even able to take a practice throw before we started playing. And that's, that's detrimental overall, like to the, to not only that game, but you know, it's, it's a very long day. Some of these tournaments are 12 hours long. So, um, I mean, I, I've really, I've stepped it up on that. Uh, what I, what I want to kind of start implementing more is I guess I've never really, really like jogged around. I mean, I have like a stretching routine, a routine and everything, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, jogging around a little help. Um, and I, I kind of like Chris said, you know, throwing progressively building up the speed of your throws like before a game. Yeah. I think those are all really smart. I think if you look at like the best players, they all have a very specific routine that they work their way into. They work their throws. Um, I definitely like Chris, your idea of having your teammate throw at you from closer than than the throw line. I think that's really smart. Um, you might get nicked up on that though, just so you know. <laughs> that's okay. It all depends on who you have throwing at you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's move a little bit into the crowdsource questions, and some of these are kind of fun and interesting. Um, so first we have Frankie, um, and we sort of talked about this, but who do you guys watch on film mostly? Chris, you were saying uh, you watched lots of footage. I was going to go on and uh, say, you know, you mentioned that we didn't name any corners. Um, I actually do watch a couple corners that I didn't name. They're not as um, flashy as the guys that I named. I think Billy and uh, Pine. Not to say they're, like, uh, flashy to be flashy, but, like, they just make those crazy plays and it just seems flashy. But um, I watch, like, a lot of Nate Kreider and um, 
um, dang, why am I blinking on his name right now? Um, from Boosh, their corner, both of their corners. Um, I'm blanking right now. Yeah, Eric, I watch Eric them a lot because I feel like they play very smart, and um, uh, they they play a, a team game. And I'm trying to see how they help their team from that corner position. What they do the most to help those guys on the inside and make those catches. Um, so I do watch them, and I do watch um, Tim from uh, Rise. Uh, so to add to those names, because you said no corners were named, those are, I'd say, the corners that I watch a lot of. And uh, even Vince Marchbanks, uh, he makes a lot of those big highlight plays too sometimes, and uh, I've seen him make some stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to try that. Like when he falls back on his butt and catches the ball, I'm like, oh, I'm about to add that back. In, I'm about to add that into my game, like that type of thing. Yeah. Matt, what would you say? Uh, in person, I I think Isidro is very entertaining. I think he's awesome to watch. Just can he's caught everybody. He's you know he's got awesome release as well. Um, he's got the craziest hands. Yeah, the, just just overall, just just a skill level. Um, he's good at every ball type too. So I yep. think that's a good player to learn from. Um, kind of like Chris said as well. Um, if there's one one of the corners I I think I really picked up on recently, uh, Tim Fullerton. I actually I got the chance to play with him in uh, I think it was November. We played it was a foam tournament in uh, Dallas. And he was, he was just awesome to play with. I know foam is not really – it's not his, like, you know, preferred ball type. It's not mine either. Um, and there's not really as much rise stuff. You know, when you when you look at how long they've been around, there's not as much film of them on YouTube or, you know, whatever site, uh, Facebook, whatever it is. There's not as much film as you, you know, you know as, as you would like. But, you know, picking up on little things, like, I think he excels at, like, footwork. And, you know, he's, he's great at faking. He's, he's just – he knows exactly – he knows what he's doing. You know, the strategy is always there. There's a reason they're, you know, one of the best teams of the past decade, if not the best team possibly. But I think he's great to watch. Yeah, I love watching him. You know, I think his big one of the things I don't think he gets enough credit for is just his accuracy. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like, you know, in a team throw, he may be the one throwing a ball that's not necessarily meant to hit anyone, but he will draw attention by throwing high or low or wide or so that his other teammates can get him. And I think that's something that, that Rise does that a lot of teams don't do, which is, you know, deciding on where the targets are going so that the secondary shot can be can connect and and that's just like next level thought process that he has and those guys have to dodge ball rel you said you were watching a little surge you watch yeah, any recently, of the, anyone else um well i recently started watching surge i just when i first started i was watching a lot of the giovinkos like man drew mm-hmm. um who else tori thompson i watch um when you say you're watching Bishop. surge what are you trying to pick up from surge um i'm just trying to learn you know i i jump too much so he has like a different play style it's kind of similar to mine so i'm watching like you know he always slides but he changes it up he'll either slide to the left or the right he'll jump he'll push the ball um i'm not really like that like last year for example i can't i was focused on myself you know me and dean if we got taken our team kind of fell apart so we weren't able to do that. Um, but now that I have, I'm on a different team and I'm able to, I can focus on staying alive and helping the team. Even if I get out, I'm more comfortable coming back in. Mm-hmm. So I'm just learning his place now. Yeah, being more enfolded in into a team makes you allow to play your style a little different. I think is a nice, is a, is a good way to talk about. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this sort of briefly, what you guys are known for. Frankie also asks, what would you say is your current dodgeball peak moment? Chris, what would you say your peak moment would be? Pass. Pass? Yeah, right now, I don't have it right now. <laughs> you don't have anything? 
Yeah, I blinked on it. (laughs) What would you say, Matt? Uh, Like, as an individual level, I would probably say uh, getting East MVP from last year. And then uh, team level, probably, um, you know, bringing the first first title to the the East last year with uh, with Hello. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much higher than that. You don't think taking Space Cadets to fourth nationally was maybe your feet? That's, I mean, I think that that's that's also that's got to be up there. Um, especially that's, I mean, that was basically my first time picking up eight point five. So uh, that's, you know, that that's something I'll never I'll never forget. Um, you know, I still have the jersey from that day and everything. But you definitely made it. Definitely made a name for yourself that day. Mm-hmm. Um, Rel, what would you say your your high, your peak was? UDC. That's that was my peak. That's when everyone recognized me. So I'm gonna go UDC. And that's where that picture on the ball, on your wall is from, right? Yes, it is. The plaque. <laughs> <laughs> that's your individual peak moment, the rookie of the year? Yep, right there. Um, and what would you say is your next, like, what is your your next goal you guys, you all want to hit? Rel, why don't you stay with you? Um, I want to, I want to be like, I want to win on the east coast but if that don't happen like i would i would say top four still an accomplishment for me an achievement so either one of those and what would you be your individual goal this year um winning showdown because you know i keep getting cut short two years in a row so we're gonna hope it can happen chris you seem like you're ready to answer what would you say for the uh, current dodgeball peak moment, you know, uh, with B getting clutch mode to that top four uh, for the for the region uh, last year, and um, if you see where we started, we only got points of one round our first uh, year playing. Second year, you know, we ended up just we were in the top four going into the last round, and we fell out just on the last round. So uh, finally, you know, getting over that hump, we ended up having to beat Anarchy uh, in order to get top four uh, in the playoffs. So it was really big of us to do that and uh, solidify ourselves as top four in the East last year. Um, I guess the, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I feel like individually and um, and team-wise, that is my peak because I feel like Clutch Mode is, like, you know, the team that I started. So, you know, seeing us grow, that feels good individually and, you know, for to see that as a team to do that. Mm-hmm. And what's your what's your goal for this year? What what's the peak that you're hoping to hit this year, coming up? You know, I'd like to win a round uh, at least on uh, the East Coast, and uh, you know, go from there. That's it. We've never won a round, so that's what I would like to do one time. To be honest, it's kind of a rare goal with with awesome not being there. It uh, it opens up the chances for a lot more teams to win rounds over yeah. the lot over the the whatever seven years that that Elite's been around. I think Awesome has won over fifty percent of the rounds, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Matt, what you what would you say? Uh, basically, just continuing to prove that I'm not a fluke. Um, I think if you look at pretty much like you know when you when you look at Space Cadets, you know a lot of people are saying you know that was a fluke. Um, a lot, you know, there's, I've heard at times Hello was a fluke this past year. Basically, just you know just proving people wrong, just you know showing that we're some of the best people out there. Um, I think probably at like I guess at like a national level, I, I at one point I'd like to live or I'd like to win a I'd like to win a national title in every ball type. So we have we got no sting last year, um, you know eight point five and former on the horizon as well. But you know it's we got to put the work in first, obviously. You don't care. You don't care about cloth. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, well, I mean, Klotz, it's okay. We got no on, one cares we got about on, Klotz. <laughs> we got on TV for Klotz. We were just on ESPN like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, you're on the like Ocho. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dominic asked sort of a similar question, I guess, to what you guys have answered a couple of times. Um, is there anyone else you want to talk to, talk about that's just sort of an East Coast dodgeball player that you look up to as you grow and develop? Matt? I would yeah, I, I would say definitely uh, the Giovinkos, uh, both so the twins. Um, I, you know, my first my first UDC was 2015, and I remember, I remember like walking. I was walking to one of the games or like one of my games, and I kind of saw them, and like I basically looked at them. You know, they, they've never they've never met me before. I've never met them, but I knew who they were just because of you know I'd seen them on YouTube before, and mm-hmm. I think it was just it was really cool because I I want to say you know probably halfway through the tournament we didn't actually play against them. But at one point, um, I, I don't know which, you know, I didn't, I can tell them apart now, but back then I had no <laughs> idea. But uh, <laughs> one of them came up to me and they just kind of said, you know, you throw really fast or, you know, you have, you know, you have a really good throw. And just, you know, just hearing that was really surreal because I, you know, these guys were, I, I have no, I, you know, I've never met them before. This is my first, I guess, you know, national level tournament. Uh, so, just, you know, just hearing, hearing that from somebody you look up to is just, is, is awesome. And, and, uh, you know, it's crazy to think that now, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with them. I, you know, I've been in their house. We've, and I went to Cancun with uh, with Drew last year, um, and just you know all sorts of stuff. It's crazy how uh, you know how far along we've come. Chris, what would you say? Uh, so I guess someone that I thought you know would be it was awesome to meet uh, was Vince Marchbanks. Uh, I definitely hit him up a few times and was asking him you know tips on like you know how to build a team or not even just building a team, but like how do you you know work on the chemistry of a team, like what type of things would you say is important for a team to have? And, you know, as a captain of a team, as a leader of a team, what are some, you know, tips that you have for, you know, helping your team grow and, uh, you know, communicating with people on that team to make sure that they're becoming the best players they can be. Uh, And I feel like he helped me a lot in that avenue, you know, just give me like, you know, tips and pointers on like things he did and uh, how he helped, you know, Doom at the time when I was reaching out to him become, you know, the team that they became. And Ralph? Um, I'm actually going to steal both their answers. Uh, Matt and Drew, I looked up to. We played them a lot in uh, rebounders for trampoline. Um, and they've kind of grown. Like, at first, I didn't like them because I thought they were um, too good. So it's kind of like, I don't like them. They're too good for me. Um, <laughs> they used to beat us, you know, whenever we went to rebounders. And then um, the more we got better, the more they would talk to you. They would, they would uh, give you tips. Um, they even do that now. So I... I look up to them, and then my first nationals. Um, I guess after we, I played um, in UDC against Doom. Vince would come up to me. He'd give me advice on you know staying alive, staying in. Um, I remember the one thing he said was, "You're one of the best Dodgers here. Use that to your advantage." You know, because uh, Dean and I, Dean would have a ball, and he would. I wouldn't have one. He'd run to my side. And he'd sit on his knee and he'd block and I'd be behind him. And he would literally just sit there and just block everything. And Vince said, just dodge. You'll, you'll be okay. So I, I would say both, uh, all three of them. So here comes to like Frankie's dumb questions, which is <laughs> how old are you guys? <laughs> Rel, how old are you? Uh, I'm 25, going to be 26 in two weeks. See, you guys are kind of old. Matt, what are you? You're like 26 as well? Uh, 25. I'll be 26 in six months. And Chris, how old are you? Uh, 24. I'll be 25 in September. Yeah, see, you're all young, and I'm old. <laughs> but, you know, Frankie talks like he's so young. 
I think Frankie's much closer to my age than he is to any of your guys' ages. So, <laughs> um, we'll move on to Dominic. Dominic asked, how would you guys try to help grow the store? And then I'll get to a second part later. Uh, Rel, how would you say you want to help grow the store? Uh, well, we currently have been trying. We don't have dodgeball in Jersey. Well, from what I know, where we're from in Jersey, we have, like, no dodgeball. So, at our Sky Zone, we uh, ended up making a class called Dodgeball Academy, and we teach kids from the age 10 to 15, you know, blocking, um, how to throw, how to dodge. We're teaching them the rules because at Sky Zone, they don't play with these rules that we are used to. So we're trying to teach them that way so that they want to compete. Like Cole, for example, we actually, we met him at Sky Zone and he did our academy with us and now he'll be playing. So we want to try to get more people like that. When you say we, you're talking about you and Dean? Me, Dean, Abdul. Um, Amir, all of us. Uh, Chris, you know, as someone who's brought in numerous amount of players, how would you say you're helping grow the sport, even going uh, forward? Right, honestly, right now, I, I'm not that big of a help. Um, since I moved into a new area uh, and I graduated from college, but, you know, I'd say back then, you know, I started a club in my college. Uh, I had like 50 members at one point in that dodgeball club. Uh, and then uh, I also was running like a youth team at the local Sky Zone that we went to. Uh, my little brother played on that team with some other young people who were about, you know, 14, 15 at the time. My little brother himself is 14. Um, and so I feel like I'm trying to help him get. And uh, my little brother's actually, Dodge was kind of dying in Delaware. Uh, all of us were getting old. And all those people we played with in high school, you know, they're on to their lives and they started, you know, leaving because they're getting older. And uh, my little brother brought in, you know, probably about 20 to 30 kids uh, to that dodgeball now. And they've now cut it off at age, you know, 15 because there's so many people there. They need a cutoff because they can't, you know, fit all those kids in that gym. So I feel like getting my little brother into it. And my brother, uh, you know, loves dodgeball. He's a diehard dodgeball fan. And he's just bringing in as many kids as he can. Uh, so there's probably about 30 people, 30 kids, you know, 14 and under that are playing dodgeball right now in Delaware. Uh, that I'd like to try to bring into a, you know, competitive dodgeball as they get older, if any of them like it that much. And what are they usually playing? Are they playing with no sting balls and on courts or is so, this on uh, trampolines? It's, or? Ran by, it's ran by the church that, you know, runs it. So they use uh, this eight-inch foam ball. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I wish I could get them on a no sting, but some of them stay after uh, because after they're done, the 14-year-olds and under or whatever, um, you know, TJ and, uh, you know, the old Zero Warrior crew, some of the clutch mode guys, old clutch mode players uh, do practices, you know, from 9 to 11. And they use 8.5 and no sting. And some of those young kids who uh, want to get more into it actually started going to uh, those practices after if their parents allowed them to. And so that's their exposure into, you know, you're like, here, you play with this 8-inch foam ball for a little bit for two hours. Uh, if you really like dodgeball, you're going to stay after for these no sting and 8.5 rubber balls. And uh, I've seen some of them like, oh, I'm not that into it. But then others who are like, I want to play dodgeball, you know, at the next level, you know, when I get older. And I'm like, looking at these kids like, all right. And, I, you know, I feel like we try to mold them and make them into better players if they really want to um, start playing seriously. Awesome. Matt, what about you? I know that you, you know, you say Ohio is sort of like a dead zone for dodgeball sometimes. But how would you say you're helping grow the sport? Uh, yeah, I think I think overall, like with growing a sport, I think content is everything. So really just getting more exposure to it. So uh, kind of when you look at, 
with how with how driven the world is by technology, uh, anything on social media is probably a good way to uh, to you know create exposure. So I, I like I mean me personally, I love when people post highlight videos or you know just into in film from entire games, um, stuff like that. So I kind of basically from from what I've done a little bit, um, I posted a few things on whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and I've had people message me before um, about Dazball. Not too many not too many people have really stuck, unfortunately. You, you know once you really have to. It, it kind of seems like you know you you're either all in or, or you know you're just not as interested in it, but um, I think I think just you know just producing more content would probably help. Um, I actually at one point um, to kind of go back, I forget when when they ended it, but I I know I used to love seeing uh like all the all the articles that uh that Tyler Greer would write uh, for mm -hmm. the Doswell Tribune. Um, I actually I was I was kind of um I was like somewhat working on I was trying to write something up essentially, basically like telling my story how I went from UBC to elite and you know how basically anyone you know. Or like you know, here's what I did. You know, here's here's why you can do it too. Essentially, um, so I think just I, I think just really like producing content and you know anything to kind of inspire people to uh, to try to you know get involved. No, I agree. I mean, I think the only way we're gonna get people to get into the sport is just by playing it and seeing it played the correct way and mm -hmm. enjoying it. So yeah, any social media stuff. I think you know, Chris, what you're doing, and and Rel, what you're doing, getting kids into the sport is great. You know, I think in the north. You know they sort of have this feeder system of of ncda and la and the west sort of has this feeder system of all the social sports that they do but you know a lot of other places i mean even where i live in new york we have social sports but it's hard to get people to make the transition from social to what we do which is not it's social but it's you know it's competitive first and social afterwards and it's hard to get people to make that change sometimes um so i think you know the combination of those couple things getting kids into it early and the, and the social media stuff is really important. Um, Kim asks, how do you think the East region is gonna be different after the, shape, the major shakeups? Team Awesome not playing, Ascension coming to the East, and then some other changes in the East as well. Uh, Matt, what do you want to start as in considering you're one of the major shakeups? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I'm hoping we're gonna be a force this year, um, especially once we have everyone together. I'm really excited to see how things go, but I think for now, just, just because, you know, when you look at, it was, it was a month ago, I think at this point, but Anarchy is a team to beat kind of the way I see it. You know, they won, they won 8.5, they won no sing in that uh, tournament, that spooky nook a, a month ago. Um, with, five, that, with five people. Yeah, well, yeah with five people. Um, and that's, that's not the best tournament to go out, but obviously it's still, you know, it, it's still, you know, it still says a lot. Um, I think at one point, actually, I heard outsiders were going east, and I kind of wish they would have done that, but obviously, you know, they stayed south. Um, we would have loved to have them here, but, you know, it's going to be competitive here with, with or without them. Um, as far as, like, top four goes, I think it's pretty open, um, and nobody's really guaranteed a spot there. There's probably, for me, I think there's about probably eight to ten teams um, that I think are going to be contending for those top four spots. Um, so that's, you know, so that's, that's Shred, that's Ascension, that's, um, you know, I think Anarchy will be up there. Clutch mode, goats. Um, you got Arkham, the Bulls. Uh, Zero, I think, is going to be good this year. There's, there's all sorts of, there's a lot of talent in the East this year, and I can really see it. I can really see like a good amount of teams, uh, you know, making, making the next step uh, whenever we do get to play again. Yeah, you don't think about it, but with only three tournaments, and you know, the way that now we're doing single elimination, you lose early in one of these single elimination tournaments, and you just don't get points, mm -hmm. and suddenly it makes it really hard for you to get into that top four. Yeah. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Chris, what would you say? Uh, I'm with Matt on that. You know, I always look at Anarchy right now, especially with Team Austin leaving as the team to beat. 
Uh, Impact, I would have said it up there, but Impact has now changed kind of into a shred. So I don't, I want to see how they um, mesh together with the new uh, players that they're bringing together. That's the one thing I think that doesn't put them on that Anarchy tier um, is that Anarchy is going to have like essentially the same team again this year. So their consistency is already going to be there. Um, but then, like he said, um, you know, I think uh, Bulls has really grown a lot. I think they're getting better each year. Um, and then Zero, from what I've heard about their roster, they're going to have a really good team. Um, Goat has made some big pickups um, with the team that they're having this year. And then I think Clutchmo is always going to be a team that's going to be uh, a tough to knock out in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I think the East is pretty much open. If Ascension actually follows through and comes East, that's going to make it even more of like a – uh, crazy shakeup because they're going to be fighting their way for the top four each round. Mm-hmm. Rel? I'm going to agree with both of them. There's not, um, you know, there's not a definite top four, you know. Um, yeah, Anarchy ran that tournament last month. They, uh, with five people, they did phenomenal. Um, but yeah, Shred, they're going to be a good, I think they'll be a really good team um, after they get their chemistry growing. Um Goat's going to be a good team, clutch mode. Um, even, yeah, I think Bulls are going to be the the uh, the dark horse. Um, a lot of people, they're going to – I don't I think people are going to tread lightly, but they're a team that um, you need to give them your all. They're actually a really good team. Um, and even Arkham. Arkham was uh, pulling some upsets last month too. So, I think it will be, um, be really tough. Yeah, I think the really interesting thing is going to be how – how with the new rules with the time games, how that ends up playing out. Because I think there's going to be certain teams that really take advantage of the rules and probably beat up on sort of the lower level teams. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if everyone sort of picks up on that and tries to get lots of games against those teams, or if, you know, they just try to win two games and then slow it down. You know, how do people do, how do people handle the time matches, you know, with only eight, eight minute matches, things like that. You know, if you can get four wins against a team, that's huge. Um, if you only split, you know, if you end up going one-one and splitting, that you'll you'll see yourself drop sort of further down in the standings. And you know, as we noticed last year, you know how good your standing is going into playoffs is a huge issue. Um, so I think that'll also factor in a lot um, going into the season. Um, and then Vaughn asks, do you, any of you think you're better than Kim? Well. I don't like to say I'm better than anybody, so I'd rather just not. I'll say no. I don't want to say I'm better than anybody. <laughs> right. Chris, does anyone uh, want to take the bait? That's hard to say I'm better than that guy. That guy has a fucking, I mean, a freaking, sorry, you beat that one out, a cannon <laughs> on him. So uh, anytime you're facing up against that, it's crazy, and he can actually catch. So he's a, he's a good two-way player. I wouldn't say I'm better than him. Matt, there's no way you're going to take this bait. Are you, are you better than Kim? <laughs> I think we're very comparable. Him and I, oh. I think we have, uh, I think we both kind of have some of the same traits. You know, he can throw, he can catch, he can dodge. I feel like I'm kind of the same way. Um, usually to say I'm better than somebody, I gotta, I'd like to say that I've won the matchup against them. I also have, I also like as kind of a criteria, uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever caught him before and I've only played him like two or three times. So uh, I, I don't think I can make the claim, but he's, if I had to pick like, if I had to pick, like, I guess, like, a top five of people I've never played with before, um, he's definitely in that. Yeah, I remember he came and played with Team Awesome two years ago or maybe three years ago. Like two round years. One. Is it two years ago? Played round yeah. one with them, and I was like, whoa, who is this, like, you know, Awesome sort of always used to find, like, these people. You're like, where did they find this guy? And I was like, God, they found another guy that's, like, just awesome. 
Yeah. And then I found out he was moving to the South, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> See you later. He's a, he's a superstar. Yeah, he's a really good player. That whole team of Outsiders guys are I, – I remember watching them play against the South guys, and I was like, oh, they're not very good. You know, they just – they don't really try that hard. And they seem like – and then we played, and I was like, oh, no, they're all really good. They're all really good. <laughs> I guess they're just – you know, they're not really having to try that hard in the South. Or it just happens to be that they look like it's easy for them. But uh, that team's a really good team, and they're, they're all super talented. Um, Markel wants to know, going back into the floor versus trampoline dodgeball conversation, which is your favorite? Rel, since you work at SkyZone, I feel like you have to say trampoline is your favorite. No, like I said, trampoline I've gotten uh, kind of sick of. Um, so I'm going to go with elite. Floor styles are going to be my favorite. Chris? I'm on the floor, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the right answer. Matt? <laughs> Yeah, it's floor at this point because there's there's so many more tournaments. Um, there, there's just more opportunity to play on floor. But do you enjoy playing on the floor as much as you enjoy playing on trampoline? Uh, I don't know if it's safe to say that yet. <laughs> God, you're so political. <laughs> just make a choice. <laughs> All right, I'll take floor. All right, there you go. So join him. And do you guys uh, – do you like calling it floor dodgeball or do you think it should be called just dodgeball? Dodgeball. Yeah, I would agree. It's just dodgeball. Yeah, I probably don't need floor necessarily. Yeah, I just say floor because I started on tramps, so it's just my nature. <laughs> so Sergio would like to know, what is your guys' drink of choice if you drink? And he says outside of Henny, but maybe Henny isn't your you know, favorite choice anyways. So what would be your favorite drink? Hypnotic. Hypnotic? Because I, I mix it with Henny after, so it don't matter. Matt? Um, I'm... My answer is always like I always go with the fruity stuff or the girly drinks. <laughs> so uh, pretty and much, I don't know what it is. I'm not. I've never been like a beer guy. I'm, I just I drink stuff for the taste most of the time. So uh, a lot of times that ends up being like uh, actually Sean McMahon. I'm gonna give him a shout out. He introduced me to like a Malibu Bay Breeze. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> it's this very fruity drink and it tastes really good. Anything with an umbrella. Yeah, basically. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> just make it make it look pretty. What about you, Chris? Straight vodka, straight out the bottle. Straight vodka <laughs> out of the bottle. Any brand? Nah, bro. Any brand, I'm going to down it right there. <laughs> uh, tell, me, tell me I can't chug it for 10 seconds and I'll show you how I can. All right. Go for it. <laughs> Doing this live? Oh, no. No, no, no. I don't have any of the house right now. <laughs> I'm, not going out. I'm not going outside. <laughs> So Abdul asks, during the quarantine, what, if anything, have you guys done to try to work on your game? Tyrell? Um, I've just been running, if I'm being honest. I run in the morning. Um, but that, that's actually just about it. I haven't really been doing anything dodgeball-related since this whole quarantine. Chris, anything for you? Uh, YouTube. I watch uh, – I find as many videos as I can. And um, basically, I'm trying to start a new workout program that I'm kind of like making up myself uh, for what I'm looking for from, with my body. So uh, that counts. <laughs> I would highly recommend, I mean, not that I'm doing it, but Brenda Kramer live streams every day. She's got some great workouts for you on Instagram. Ooh. Um, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean, kind of piggy, to piggyback off of both of those answers, um, I've, been, I've been watching a ton of film just because there's so much time. And I, I'm actually glad you said that because uh, a lot of um, – there's actually a few dodgeballers that are on Instagram that are putting out some, like, pretty good content. Um, you, you know, you mentioned Brenda. She's got – she's doing, like, live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple people. you got Lisa Mora from Canada. She has a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, Brett Hadwin, Miles Garner. They have, a, they have another podcast as well, um, Fallout Dodgeball. They have, they have all sorts of stuff. Um, so there's, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, and Abdul says I nominate Frankie to have Frankie be part of the Young Gun panel. He's not a day over twenty-one. I'm pretty sure he's a day over twenty-one. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's about thirty-seven. Um, and then Kyle Roth asks, "Who got you into Elite?" Which we already talked about. So we know that Kyle got uh, Tyrell into Elite, and we know that the the Bethel brothers got uh, Chris into Elite, but Matt, who got you? Who got you to come to the first? Your first Elite tournament was that Nationals tournament, right? Yeah, uh, 2018 Nationals in Minnesota. That goes back to um, I think I think uh, I think both both the guys were actually at that qualifier in uh, Chalfont. I think the Clutch would win that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So 20, 2018, basically, uh, I had qualified for UDC already um, back in. I qualified in Pennsylvania. Um, closer, closer to where I was living, and what I did was I went out to try to help because you were allowed to play on. Basically, if you already qualified, you're allowed to play with another team to try to help them qualify. So I went out with another Ohio team, kind of our B team. Uh, we went, we drove like six hours to go to this tournament. Um, ended up playing with them, and I didn't know who any of these people were like at all. I had never, I had never really met any of them. Um, I actually got recruited basically by Adam Demir from Space Cadets. I mean, that's how I got in there. But he was, he was um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was on, he was on customer that day. So I. Uh, so he was, uh, I don't he just, he must have just noticed me playing or, you know, whatever it was. Um, he ended up, like, striking up a conversation with me. Um, he's, you know, he basically asked if I'd ever played Elite before. I kind of told him I'd heard of it, but I'd never really, you know, I'd never tried it before, um, but, you know, wasn't opposed to it. And then basically kind of kind of mentioned that, you know, they were doing, uh, you know, Nationals wasn't wasn't too far away. I, I want to say it was, like, two months away at that point. So uh, so I ended up going with them. And then uh, I think Frankie was there that day as well. Um, I played no, or co-ed no-sing that year with, uh, with Night Shift. Uh, at nationals, so kind of, kind of those two are the two people uh, brought me to the tournament. It's funny. Uh, I remember talking to Jeff Giovinco after I think maybe the Pennsylvania tournament. Did you guys beat that? What was Impact? It was like Jeff and Nar were playing with Impact. Uh, in Pennsylvania. He, they had a real good showdown. It was Jeff and Matt. Basically, <laughs> there were other players on the court, but you don't remember who any of the other players on the court was. It was this insane showdown between Matt and Jeff, seeing who could take out more of the other team. That's basically how that went down. I remember that one vividly. I was That was the tournament that Clutch Mode qualified, but I was watching that matchup real hard. It was real good. Yeah, I remember Jeff basically being like, this Matt Levine kid out of Ohio is awesome. Um, so it's sort, of, it's sort of funny that you guys are teammates. Yeah. I guess Steve was planted then for him. Yeah, um, he, we ended up getting together at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are similar age, similar size. Well, not size, but <laughs> similar age and uh you guys have a great team now definitely i don't know how to say this kid's name jahiji jahiji uh, there you go that's not even close to what i was saying uh, <laughs> and he's asked sort of a similar question that we've talked about again like the people you guys look up to as dodgeball role models i think you guys have sort of talked about that um kyle harkins from new jersey wants to know what do you guys think of any of the players that are new to the sport coming up and what advice would you like to give them? 
So is there any players that you guys have sort of been impressed with that are new coming up this year that you've never seen before? I know, Rel, you're probably going to talk about Cole. Yeah. He's one of your young guys. Yeah, I'm biased. So I'm going to say Cole because he uh, – we played with him for the last, like, three years. He's, uh, he's going to be really good. Give him time. Give him more uh, experience. He'll be great. I also say Derek Smith. I don't know if you would consider him new, but I'm going to consider him new because really hasn't I mean, been in the scene. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, so he's good. Um, he has a little bit of flaws that he can work on. Like, he puts his leg up like it, he's dancing or something. Um, let me that's see. The DJ yeah. fa- that's the DJ phase. Yeah, that's the DJ Let's phase. Go. That's the new move. That's what we're going to call yeah. it. I'm going to call it going good. <laughs> um, and then I guess – Giancarlo, I don't know who he's playing with this year, but he's decent. He has an arm. He looks like he has a lot of potential. Like, he can be really good um, with more experience. And so what advice would you give these players to try um, to get them to be better? Don't be scared to get hit. Because Cole, he told me that he uh, he got smacked by Anarchy and then sat out after that because he said he doesn't want to play anymore. Um, but it takes, like, it takes you getting hit before you can uh, – actually enjoy yourself you know you have to you have to get hit really hard um because you don't know what it's gonna feel like so kind of just like play your game too just relax you don't gotta play anyone else's game just play your game it'll all work out in the end that's all chris anyone you're looking out for uh yeah my little brother man i've been bringing him to every single tournament i can he's 14 uh i brought him to a foam tournament we played in uh i think in New York or New Jersey. It was Abdul's tournament, and uh, he's a beast. was pretty much a catching team, and he led the team in catches easily. He had probably four more catches than the person who had the second most catches on the team. Um, and I also brought him to an eight point five tournament I hosted in Delaware, and uh, he once again was one of the team leaders in catches. Uh, he's not scared of anything because I used to just line him up at a wall, you know, right in front of me, and just rip at him uh, for about a couple hours, and. <laughs> After that, he's like, wow, none of these balls scare me anymore. And, and that's all you kind of need at that point. Once you're not afraid of the ball anymore, uh, you can really open up your game because uh, you don't fear it. Uh, and so I'm excited for him. My advice to him is to keep doing what he's doing. He watches a, a film of uh, good catchers, and he just tries to uh, put it into it. He tries to put a lot of things he sees into his own game. Uh, it's really crazy. Uh, he caught Jeff Geo at a tournament. And Jeff was like, like, where'd you see that from? And, you know, he's like, oh, I'll watch you guys do that. Like, he watches, you know, those players make plays, and he just tries to do it himself at practice, and then he does it in tournaments now. How soon will we see him on uh, Clutch Mode? As soon as he turns uh, of the age that Jake and whoever will allow him to play. Uh, I think he could play now. I mean, I saw that uh, the Outsiders had, like, a 13-year-old kid playing with them. I had a conversation with Jake about it. I won't say anything more because – I don't. Uh, did he say? Know, did he say to a certain age? Uh, I guess the their age that they're looking for is sixteen. Uh, apparently, he didn't know that there was a thirteen-year-old at that tournament, so he uh, would highly recommend not doing that. I guess maybe moving forward, they're like going to talk about it, but I don't think that they necessarily um, agreed with the idea of a thirteen-year-old playing in a like high-level tournament. Mm-hmm. But at this point, they're going to further explore it, um, maybe based on like talent or um, things like that. So, so how old is your brother? Fourteen. So we have two more years, at least. Yeah, two more years. Sounds good. You might be catching Jeff here. His <laughs> birthday's. Matt, what would you say? 
Uh, yeah, for, for any newcomers, uh, probably the best advice is just, you know, keep going and not quit. Because if you look at, I mean, you know, if you use Chris as an example, use Team Awesome as an example, your first tournament, you're not, nobody is really an overnight success. You know, it, it takes time to build up skills. It takes time to understand your opponents. It takes time to, you know, just, just get to the level that you need to be to, you know, to really compete. Um, you know, it's, nobody's going to get there right away. So there's a, so I don't know if it's a learning curve, if that's the right term, but, uh, but yeah, really just, um, it's a mentality thing as well. Um, if, if you're scared of anybody, you've kind of already lost the battle in a way. That's kind of how, how I've always seen it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's, you just, you got to play fiercely. Like if anybody intimidates you, they're already in your head. And I'm, I, I know I've, I mean, I've seen this like firsthand before I, I've seen, I've seen people be intimidated and it just kind of, it, you know, you can tell when someone's scared of you, I guess, in a way. So that's just, uh, so just, you know, just, just having the warrior mentality, I think, um, goes a long way. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because, yeah. you know, I mean, going back to Kyle, going back to Cole, you know, if you, if you basically are giving up before you even start, it's, you know, game's over. So I think that's a great advice. Um, Eli Moreno asks, if you could pick a new city to play in any regional tournament, where would you host it? Logistics not being an issue. So where would you guys like to play a tournament if money flights, whatever, coronavirus was not an issue, where would you play? Matt? Um, okay. Oh, jeez, oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I think it was Eli's idea at one point, actually. I think he's mentioned Tampa. I think he mentioned Florida. I don't know if they've ever had a lead in Florida. I guess my my answer would probably be just anywhere where where there hasn't, like a new location, basically, wherever there hasn't been one yet. Um, I, I mean, Vegas is always fun, but, you know, there's there's stuff there like Sin City's there every year. There's all sorts of stuff out there. Um, but I'm not opposed to Tampa. Um, if we brought one to Cleveland, that would be pretty cool. But I don't know if, I don't know if people would want to come to Cleveland. So uh, pretty Chris, much. What yeah. Chris, what about you? Uh, so I'd say uh, actually in Delaware, Dover, Delaware, it's not as far south as Virginia and people hated going to Virginia. Um, but I know in Delaware we have, um, you know, we've built a nice – amount of people you know who play in elite and or different you know events from delaware uh we have there's a really nice facility um that has like four full-size basketball courts but the uh the layout of that gym uh it would be i believe it'd be perfect for uh, a big tournament to be in there because uh, they have uh rooms on the side that could be uh used for uh you know team meetings and stuff like that and then you just have like a really open gym that could be molded with netting and stuff to fit like uh any amount of dodgeball on it so i think uh we should have one tournament come out to delaware honestly uh see people can learn something about delaware people don't even know where that is on the map uh but it's actually the first state so i think it would be uh something different for people uh the area that we live in has expanded a lot a lot of restaurants a lot of bars and stuff like that that people could go out to and it's uh pretty cheap there's no tax so you're not going to be paying tax on you know when you go out and buy your Gatorade and bananas and whatever, there's no tax on it. So uh, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that actually worked out really well. <laughs> if you don't know where it is, just look at your jersey and you can figure it out. It looks <laughs> nice. like your jersey. There's a star right on Dover, Delaware. Right Raul, what about you? I'm going to go Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I know UDC is there and Sin City's there, but um, I'm going to have to say Vegas. Though. I think it'll be fun overall. Like, I know people probably get turned up over there, and I would like to <laughs> – experience that yeah vegas definitely would be the most fun uh i think if i was gonna say anywhere i, I mean i'd want to say like something that i've never been so it's like you know somewhere maybe in canada like toronto or vancouver uh something different somewhere that 
you know, I could check off as a bucket list place to go. Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii would be pretty dope. Do not make it like, make it like a state, like that might not even, like Wyoming. Like, I mean, pick some random. I mean, if we're picking random places, it doesn't have to be in America. You could pick anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's go to Dubai. Nice. But then would it be USA Dodgeball? What? But would it be USA Dodgeball then? USA. No, it's just, it's just whatever. You can make it wherever you want. This regional <laughs> tournament just happens to be in Dubai. Uh, so if you could train any new players coming up, Kyle basically is asking a similar – I think he's just trying to get someone to say him. Yeah, he's probably trying to get me to say him, but it's not going to be him. <laughs> so if you and could I take – if you could pick any player to train, let's just change this question. To, if you could pick any player to train with, to to help you expand your game, who would you pick with to pick tra- to train with? Rel? Um, anyone to train with, like anybody? Anyone? Um, I would say the Rise guys, cause they I heard they do like some massive like training beforehand so they do like a boot camp so i would like mm-hmm. to actually train with them interesting chris uh i'd like to uh, go out and train with the uh, catch them uh, i need to see some uh some speed thrown at me you know some real you know that that hard stuff man i haven't every time i see his throw i'm like i don't i don't I don't know what to expect from him because just because I haven't faced off against him enough, but he throws extremely hard. I feel like if I got used to um, seeing throws from him, then, you know, everything else would feel a lot, a lot easier. So, and uh, I know uh, if you've seen his body transformation, uh, he, I mean, he trains hard. So I, I'd like something that could challenge me too. I feel like he would definitely be able to, you know, challenge me in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. What about you, Matt? Uh, I, I feel like the place to be if you want to train is probably uh, just anywhere in California, Los Angeles, probably specifically. Um, just just where there's dodgeball action, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I, I don't know if I guess I don't know if I have any people in particular necessarily, but uh, just just wherever the action's at. And then we come to sort of like our last couple of questions. So Dom asks, "What would you guys say is your East All Star? What's your guess for the East All Star team this year?" Anyone want to answer? We're going to have to let that play out, honestly, based on how the teams perform. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is interesting. There's only two to three spots open, you know, with Chris Walensky being done, both the Geos being done. It opens up spots for people that may not have gotten all-star consideration before this yeah, year. Yeah, you also got a lot of the – you got a lot of new guys, too. Like, you got Dylan and Quad who are good. You have mm-hmm. – You have the Ascension guys. The Ascension guys, yeah. So, it's it, you never know. Yeah, if I were to almost lock three people in, I guess I would lock in almost – well, not lock in, but it, you kind of expect them to perform. I'd expect, like, Mikey to perform. I'd expect Billy to perform, and I'd expect Matt – right now, Matt Levine to perform well and end up being all-stars. But outside of those three, I think uh, it's going to be a t- based on um, how team performance goes and just if anyone has any, like, really standout years. Um, and if those guys don't perform well this year for whatever reason, I guess uh, there would be, you know – like he said, Quan and uh, I think even Tyrell and I could be, uh, if we have really good years, you could put us in that conversation. But um, it all depends on, uh, you know, performance, honestly, for me. You can't just give it to someone based on their skill sometimes because their team, if they and their team aren't performing well, then they shouldn't be an all-star. I agree, yeah, I agree with that. Matt? 
Yeah, I, th I think, I mean, it can go anyway, honestly. I think uh, within the East, there, there are a lot of people that could honestly make it. Um, there, like I said, anybody, anybody on this call right now, we could all make it. There's a very good chance of that. Um, when I, like, I think it was already brought up, but Ascension, I mean, if there's two guys on Ascension that probably, that probably the best chance if I had to guess would be uh, Katzinger and then, uh, yeah, Devin Parham. Mm -hmm. I, don't know if you, I don't know if a lot of the people know them in the East yet, but I think they're going to make a really big, uh, they're going to make a big splash. Um, yeah, I, I would I would expect Kyle Sander at some point. I'm I was kind of surprised he didn't get on there last year. Uh, I really thought he had a he had like a I don't know if the breakout year is the right term, but you know especially with it being his first season in elite, I thought he did really well. But um, even if if you look at like zero, like uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be predicated a lot on off of uh you know the best teams whoever you know whoever finishes in the top four. So I mean who knows like you could see like a Tim Wells or a Tyler Alcantara possibly on the on the team as well. And don't forget about your other teammate Jeff. Jeff's definitely in that conversation. As, well, as well yeah, I mean, if I, if I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily pick my entire team, but I know I'm just saying Jeff yeah. also should be thrown into that conversation. Well, as well. yeah, definitely throw Jeff up there. Yeah, I think the East also is going to be definitely interesting. I think it'll be, it'll be nice to, you know, it's sad that we're not going to have the Geo twins or Chris this year, but I think it's nice to sort of open up some more spots to possibly get different people on the All Star team, um, and allow sort of these younger guys like you, you know. The guys that are on the phone call get a chance to possibly be on that all-star team and show who they are and allow people to allow them to make a name for themselves so i'm excited about that mm -hmm. um so i guess um that sort of ends like the conversation uh one thing i i saw um rob hometown post the other day uh he wanted people posting what they carry in their dodgeball bag and i sort of thought it would be a funny way is there anything that is in your bag that you think is different than anyone else has that you carry around in dodgeball that makes you se that separates you from everyone else? Is there something you eat before tournaments, something you eat in the middle of the tournaments? Is there something you put on your hands, you know, whatever. Is there something that you feel like is different in your bag than anyone else has? I know it's throwing sort of a curveball to you guys, but uh, Matt? Yeah, so for me, it's probably, probably my sleeve collection. Uh, I have I have wear like a different arm sleeve. I mean, at this point, when I first started wearing these, it was more so just because, it, it you know the compression helps. It help. It was reducing pain for me because for a while it was you know I was, wasn't wearing one. And, you know my arm would hurt pretty quickly. Um, so I noticed it made, it's made a difference. At this point, I kind of get these to uh, you know for I'll have it match the jersey or whatever. So I'll usually bring like I'll usually bring. I mean I I overpack on just about everything, but I'll bring like four to five sleeves so just about every tournament just in case you know I run into a point where like a freak accident happens where I spill a bunch of water on one and it's, it's soaked or if like if I sweat through one, just, just to ha have insurance basically. Chris, anything in your bag? Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, a lot of times I like to bring my classic headband, one of the headbands that I wear. Uh, a lot of people wear them now, but a lot of them wear a different style one. It's a lot thicker. Um, they have like the ones that have like the, they look like Ninja Turtles. Tyrell wears that one a lot uh, where it kind of hangs in the back. I don't like that one as much. Like the classic, you know, NBA style headband, um, mm -hmm. and I guess my inhaler. I don't know if anybody else got asthma in here, but uh, I got asthma, so I, I got to bring my inhaler with me just in case uh, I get, you know, something happens and uh, my breathing isn't the same. I definitely have that in there. So shout out to all my people out there with the asthma. Well, you got anything <laughs> in your bag that sets you apart? Um, maybe lotion because I need lotion. I began ashy, so maybe some lotion. Um. <laughs> Lotion's probably not the best thing for you for dodgeball. Yeah, I use it on my elbows, bro. My elbows be ashy, man. I'm telling you. The pads. 
Yeah. Maybe you um, get more. You may get more elbow catches if you weren't using motion. <laughs> um, and uh, me and Tyree have recently been using like he brings this roller that I've been using too. So I I've been bringing my this roller as well. But that's about it. Head ties maybe. Yeah, I feel like the new thing that everyone has is those uh those massage guns. I feel like oh. the last time we went to it was like everyone was like try this one. No, try my one. Try this one. Look at this point. I've got this on it or whatever. <laughs> look at him! Look at him! <laughs> yeah, I have, I have the I have the other roller stick. It's not, it's in my car right now, but I have the uh, I have the sausage. Yeah, I feel like everyone's got one of those now. I think that's the new that's the new it it thing to have in your bag this year. <laughs> um, us old guys, me and Edgar and uh, Alfred, we always carry uh, baby pouches of of uh, like fruit, just because it's uh, easy to to down those really quickly again between the game to give you some potassium and some sugar. So that's what we usually carry around. Oh, I thought you said like life alert or something. I was like, oh, all no, right. No, no. Like literally like baby food pouches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so I want to say thanks um, for you guys coming on. I'm really looking forward to all you guys this season, especially Rel. I think you're going to have a great season. I hope the rest of you guys suck. Um, <laughs> you guys have any shout outs just to send the end of the podcast? Um, I'm gonna shout out my Jersey guys, Dean Testa, Amir Ramondi, and Abdul. Um, wow, you're forgetting one of your teammates. I'm, that's not my teammate. I'm telling you, he's <laughs> no. Um, those, and then Cole. I'm gonna shout out Cole as well. And then there's two new guys that don't play, but actually, um, they they might be playing this year. Christian Escobar and Thomas Ferry. Those are gonna be my shout outs. And you're literally forgetting one of your teammates from New Jersey. Tyree. Forgot you, Tyree. Tyree <laughs> oh, my bad, Tyree. Yeah. Matt, anyone you want to shout out? Uh, I want to shout out Pat O'Donnell from Ascension. I've been talking to him a lot lately. Um, like I said, they're going to be coming to the East this year. I was, I think I, I played a pretty big part in, uh, in bringing them over here because they've, you know, they're all for all the competition and everything. But, uh, but you know, him and I have been talking a lot, like I said, and he's, he's kind of put me on, onto a new, he's a, uh, he's, you know, he's going to school for physical therapy. So he's all in the personal training so, sort of stuff. So he's kind of uh, put together a couple things for me to do. Um, and I've been kind of implementing those lately. So I uh, want to give a uh, thanks to him for that. Awesome. And Chris? Let me give that shout out to uh, Kyle Roth and Abdul for holding it down on the East with a lot of these tournaments that, uh, I mean, I know right now we can't be doing any of them with the coronavirus going around. But uh, before that, you know, those two, every month they're popping out tournaments left and right. So yeah, that's been awesome. Game, so shout out to them. And if you ever, you know, just want to do a tournament in Delaware, get us all down there so we can know what Delaware is like. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Um, so, again, thanks so much for having you guys coming on. It's been fun talking dodgeball. I love talking dodgeball with everybody. Um, I miss dodgeball. I can't wait for everyone to get back. I think this season is going to be really interesting. You know, what, what ends up happening? Do we, do we have a condensed season? Do we miss this season? Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. So, mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing you guys all. You know, maybe we can do some sort of boozy social hour thing that everyone else is doing. I don't know what the <laughs> thing is. I'm not even going <laughs> to to get invited to these things. Uh, but I'll see you guys soon. All right. Thanks so much for coming on. Okay. See yeah. you guys. All right. So that was a uh, Young Guns East uh, panel discussion hosted by Justin Bosch. And Justin, thank you so much, man, for, for being willing to hop on again and uh, co-host for me. Um, it's definitely going to help me cover more ground. And it's also good just to have uh, a backup just in case I'm not able to, uh, for whatever reason, um, 
keep going, uh, not with the podcast. That sounds really dark, but um, if for some reason I need somebody to stand in, um, it's great to be able to build that. And that was definitely one of the things I wanted to have figured out um, last year. But uh, nonetheless, thank you so much, Chris Jesus, Tyrell Hayes, and uh, Matt Levine for being willing to hop on and just kind of give us uh, your collective experience um, from a young person's uh, perspective. And I'm definitely looking forward to putting together, uh, I guess, the Young Guns West panel, uh, West slash South, um, coming soon. So um, be on the lookout for that. And for anyone that might be interested in in taking a shot at the title, so to speak, um, I kid, but actually um, taking a shot at guest hosting, uh, please let me know. I would love to have more voices on here, different perspective, different interviewing types. And I just feel like I could cover more ground too um, if I go outside my, my own bias. So uh, feel free to let me know if that is something that you're interested in and we'll work through it and make something happen. So um, on that note, thank you everyone for that posted questions for Justin. And um, per usual, uh, feel free to reach out if you've got any questions, concerns, comments, complaints, suggestions, you, you name it. Um, that all being said, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time. Closing in three, two, one. All right, so that was a guest interview. I don't know what I'm saying. That didn't take long at all.